At one time or another, most people go through a period of sadness, trial, loss, frustration, or failure that is so disturbing and long-lasting that it can be called a dark night of the soul. If your main interest in life is health, you may quickly try to overcome the darkness. But if you are looking for meaning, character, and personal substance, you may discover that a dark night has many important gifts for you. Every human life is made up of the light and the dark, the happy and the sad, the vital and the deadening. How you think about this rhythm of moods makes all the difference. Are you going to hide out in self-delusion and distracting entertainments? Are you going to become cynical and depressed? Or are you going to open your heart to a mystery that is as natural as the sun and the moon, day and night, summer and winter? You are listening to The Goddess Archetype Code with your host, Erica Randolph, the intuitive counselor and licensed trauma therapist who uses myth, music, and meditation to support emotional healing. Disclaimer, this isn't intended as mental health therapy. Looking for the light, it's a daily fight and things go bump. News of the day is outrageous, that's what the mad folks say. Who told you that you had sinned? We are divided, divided within. A true dark night of the soul is not a surface challenge but a development that takes you away from the joy of your ordinary life. An external event or an internal mood strikes you at the core of your existence. This is not just a feeling, but a rupture in your very being, and it may take a long while to get through to the other end. Dark night may not feel like depression. In a long illness or a troubled marriage, you may be anxious but not depressed. On the other hand, a clinical depression might well qualify as a dark night. Whatever you call it, the experience involves you as a person, someone with a history, a temperament, memories, emotions, and ideas. Depression is a label and a syndrome, while a dark night is a meaningful event. A dark night is a spiritual trial point in life is to solve their problems and be happy. But happiness is usually a fleeting sensation, and you never get rid of problems. Your purpose in life may be to become more who you are and more engaged with the people and the life around you to really live your life. That may sound obvious, yet many people spend their time avoiding life. They are afraid to let it flow through them. And so their vitality is channeled into ambitions, addictions, and preoccupations that don't give them anything worth living. A dark night may appear paradoxically as a way to return to living. It pairs life down to its essentials and helps you get a new start. I want to explore positive contributions of your dark nights 
painful though they may be. I don't want to romanticize them or deny their dangers. I don't even want to suggest that you can always get through them. But I do see them as opportunities to be transformed from within in ways that you could never imagine. A dark night is like Dante getting sleepy, wandering from his path, mindlessly slipping into a cave. Or it is like Alice looking at the mirror and then going through it. It is like Odysseus being tossed by stormy waves and Tristan adrift without an oar. You don't choose a dark night for yourself. It is given to you. Your job is to get close to it and sift it for its gold. You probably know more about the depths of your soul from periods of pain and confusion than from times of comfort. Darkness and turmoil stimulate the imagination in a certain way. They allow you to see things you might ordinarily overlook. You become sensitive to a different spectrum of emotion and meaning, and you perceive the ultraviolet extremes of your feelings and thoughts, and you learn things you wouldn't notice in times of normalcy and brightness. A dark night of the soul is not an extraordinary or rare. It is a natural part of life, and you can gain as much from it as you can from times of normalcy. Just look around at your friends and acquaintances. One is going through a divorce. Another's mother is seriously ill. A young child has been hurt in an accident. Another can't get a job. Several are depressed and acting strangely. This is just another list from normal life, and it doesn't even include the threat of war and the fear of terrorism. Each of these involves both suffering and discovery. If you give all your effort to getting rid of your dark night, you may not learn its lessons or go through the important changes it can make for you. I want to encourage you to enter the darkness with all your strength and intelligence and perhaps find a new vision and a deeper sense of self, even if the source is external. You can still discover new resources in yourself and a new outlook on life. We are not out to solve the dark night, but to be enriched by it. The phrase, the dark night of the soul, comes from the Spanish mystic and poet John of the Cross. John was a member of the Christian religious order of the Carmelites, and along with St. Teresa of Avila, tried to reform that order. Many in the order were so against reform that they imprisoned John for eight months during which he wrote a series of remarkable poems. His later writing is chiefly commentary on those poems, one of them which is entitled Dark Night of the Soul. John writes about the night of the senses and the night of the spirit. The first phase is a purifying of intention and motivation. The second, a process of living by radical faith and trust. John's work is used especially by those who devote themselves seriously to cultivating a spiritual life through community, meditation, and various forms of service. Less technically, the term sometimes refers to depression or to bleak and trying periods in a person's life. In my use of the phrase, I fall somewhere in between. 
I see a dark night of the soul as a period of transformation. It is more like a stage in alchemy than an obstacle to happiness. Usually it lasts a while. You wouldn't call a day's worry a dark night of the soul. It doesn't always end happily with some new personal discovery. To appreciate these episodes as transformations in the soul, you can't judge them by any simple external measure. You have to look deep and close, understanding that you can make significant gains by going through a challenge. And yet it's not always obvious how you benefited from the darkness. Sometimes a dark night makes sense because of what it contributes to others and not what it does to you. Some people speak of their dark night of the soul as though it were a challenge to be dealt with quickly and overcome. Oh, I've been through my dark night, they say, but now it's over. To some, what they think is a dark night may only be a taste of the soul's real darkness, especially if it is relatively quick and easy, and especially if the person experiencing it feels cocky for having gone through it successfully and quickly. The real dark night cannot be dismissed so easily. It leaves a lasting effect and in fact alters you for good. It is nothing to brag about. The dark night may be profoundly unsettling, offering no conceivable way out except perhaps to rely on pure faith and resources far beyond your understanding and capability. The dark night calls for a spiritual response, not only a therapeutic one. It pushes you to the edge of what is familiar and reliable, stretching your imagination about how life works and who or what controls it all. The dark night serves the spirit by forcing you to rely on something beyond human capacity. It can open you up to new and mysterious possibilities. The soul may feel amorphous having no meaning, shape, or direction. It helps to have images for it and to know that people have gone through this experience and have survived it. The great stories and myths of many cultures also help by providing an imagination of human struggle that inspires and offers insight. One ancient story that sheds light on the dark night is the tale of the hero swallowed by a huge fish. The hero or better, anti-hero, he is a victim of circumstances, simply sits in the bowels of the fish as it carries him through the water. Because the story is associated with the sun setting in the west and traveling underwater to the east to rise in the morning, this theme is sometimes called the night sea journey. It is a cosmic passage taken as a metaphor for our own dark nights when we are trapped in a mood or by external circumstances and can do little but sit and wait for liberation. Imagine that your dark mood or the external source of your suffering is a large living container in which you are held captive. But this container is moving, getting somewhere, taking you to where you need to go. You may not like the situation you're in, but it would help if you imagined it constructively. Maybe at this very minute, 
you are on a night sea journey of your own. Sometimes in your darkness, you may sense that something is incubating in you or that you are being prepared for life. You are going somewhere, even though there are no external signs of progress. I have sat in therapy with many people who have had no idea of what was happening to them, and they felt pulled away from the joys of normal life. All they felt was bland, inarticulate confusion. Still, most were willing to sit with me week after week as slowly meaning began to emerge. Some, from the beginning, had the slightest hint that something creative was at work. The whale's belly is, of course, a kind of womb. In your withdrawal from life and your uncertainty, you are like an infant not yet born. The darkness is natural, one of the life processes. There may be some promise, the mere suggestion that life is going forward, even though you have no sense of where you are headed. It's a time of waiting and trusting. My attitude as a therapist in these situations is not to be anxious for a conclusion or even understanding. We have to sit with these things and in due time let them be revealed for what they are. The Night Sea Journey is a biblical tale of Jonah. God called Jonah to tell the people of the city Nineveh that their evil ways were angering him. But Jonah tried to evade the call by sailing on a ship going to the distant city of Tarshish. A storm came up, and the sailors discovered that Jonah was running away from his mission. To save themselves, they threw him overboard, and a great fish swallowed him. He was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights before it spewed him up on land. Then God called him once more, and this time he responded, In your dark night, you may have the sensation you could call oceanic, being in the sea, at sea, or immersed in the waters of the womb. The sea is the vast potential of life, but it is also your dark night, which may force you to surrender some knowledge you have achieved. It helps to regularly undo the hard-won ego development, to unravel the self and culture you have woven over the years. The night sea journey takes you back to your primordial self, not the heroic self that burns out and falls to judgment, but to your original self, yourself as a sea of possibility, your greater and deeper being. You may be so influenced by the modern demand to make progress at all costs that you may not appreciate the value in backsliding. Yet, to regress in a certain way is to return to origins, to step back from the battle line of existence, to remember the gods and spirits and elements of nature, including your own pristine nature, the person you were at the beginning. You return to the womb of imagination so that your pregnancy can recycle. You are always being born, always dying to the day to find the restorative waters of night. The great Indian art theorist and theologian Ananda Kumaraswamy said, 
No creature can attain a higher grade of nature without ceasing to exist. In the dark night, something of your makeup comes to an end, your ego, yourself, your creativeness, your meaning. You may find in that darkness a key to your source, the larger soul that makes you who you are and holds the secrets of your existence. It is not enough to rely on the brilliance of your learning and intellect. You have to give yourself receptivity, receptively to the transforming natural powers that remain mysteriously dark. The dark night as part of organic living. To avoid it would be like choosing only artificial food that never spoils. As a natural person, you are going to feel a wide range of emotions and go through many different kinds of experiences. Over the course of your lifetime, parts of you will grow and blossom, and some will rot. To be sad, grieving, struggling, lost, or hopeless is part of natural human life. By riding the wave of your dark night, you are more yourself, moving toward who you are meant to be. For a feeling of well-being, you have to shine, but your sparkle need not be superficial. It can rise up out of a deep place in you that is dark, but has its own kind of light. Thomas Aquinas said that a central element in beauty is its splendor, but other writers such as Baudelaire, de Sade, Beckett, Saxton included dark luminosity, what the French psychoanalyst Julia Kristeva calls following an ancient tradition, the black sun. Imagine a black sun at your core, a dark luminosity that is less innocent and more interesting than naive sunshine. That is one of the gifts a dark night has to offer you. Being shaped by your darkness like the captive Jonah, you become the sun rising out of the night water. You are always being reborn, always slipping back into the sea. Your dark night may feel stagnant and unrhythmical, but it has its subtle movements. T.S. Eliot describes the movements of life and death, light and darkness, as a Chinese jar moving perpetually in its stillness. The movement in your darkness may be difficult to sense, but it may be present nonetheless. You may not be advancing, but you are in quiet motion. There you are, suffering your fate, stuck in some container that keeps your precious life at bay. And there you have a special beauty, a pulse that can be felt only in the dark. In your dark night, you may learn a secret hidden from modern people generally. The truth of things can only be expressed aesthetically, in story, picture, film, dance, music. Only when ideas are poetic do they reach the depths and express the reality. In his highly original essay, The Poet, Ralph Waldo Emerson says that the poet stands one step nearer to things and turns the world to glass. You don't have to write poetry, but you need an appreciation for story, image, and symbol. It would help to get beyond the modern habit of giving value only to facts. 
You could educate yourself in the arts and in the great stories and images of the world's religions. You do it when you find your medium for self-expression. It may be nothing more than telling a good story to your friends. You may discover a talent for a particular mode of expression, an art, a craft, even a sport. Yes, everyone around you expects you to describe your experience in purely personal or medical terms. In contemporary society, we believe that psychological and medical language best conveys the experience we have of a dark night. You are depressed and phobic. You have an anxiety disorder or a bad gene. But perceptive thinkers of other periods and places say that good, artful, sensuous, and powerful words play a central role in the living out of your dark night. Consider this possibility. It would be better for you to find a good image or tell a good story or simply speak about your dark night with an eye toward the power and beauty of expression. Poetic language is suited to the night sea journey because the usually, usual way of talking is heroic. We naturally speak of progress, growth, and success. Even healing may be too strong a word for what happens in the soul's sea of change. The language of popular psychology tends to be both heroic and sentimental. You conquer your problems and aim at personal growth and wholeness. An alternative is to have a deeper imagination of who you are and what you are going through. That insight may not, be, may not heal you or give you a sense of being whole, but it may give you some intelligence about life. The quality of your language is significant. In your dark night, try speaking in story and images. Resist the attempt to explain, defend, and interpret. Instead, use metaphors and symbols. Many people say, for instance, that they feel like a volcano about to explode. That is a strong image, but it's a bit overused. Look for your own images that very specifically describe what is going on. A woman once told me that every day she found it difficult to believe the sun would rise. I've never forgotten that simple image because it conveys so clearly the worry about whether life would continue. One of the best models for using poetic language for times of dismay is Emily Dickinson. Her letters tell of many tragedies and losses in her life. And almost every one contains a brief poem and a sentence or two that captures the very depth of what has happened. For example, when the friend she loved more than any other, Judge Lord, died, she wrote to her cousins, Each that we lose takes part of us. A crescent still abides, which like the moon some turbid night is summoned by the tides. You don't have to write actual poems, but you could learn from Dickinson to formulate your, your experience in language that captures its essence, linking it up meaningfully with the rest of your life. 
Dickinson's words about her loss speak to us all. Have you ever felt as though some slice of you is at the mercy of unknown tugs of feeling, like the moon susceptible to the tides? How Jonah got into the whale in the first place. He refused the call to speak to a thoughtless people. He has been seen as an anti-hero, a common man who doesn't feel he has the stuff to become more than he is. Here lies another theme in this popular story. The dark night saves you from being stuck in your small life. It makes you a hero. It grows you into your fate and into being a responsive member of your community. In your mother's womb, you were becoming a person. In your womb-like dark night, you are becoming a soul. The whale's belly is sunyata, fruitful emptiness. Jonah sits in the whale doing zazen, meditating like a monk. He sits, not literally, but figuratively. His status as anti-hero is given place and becomes intense. And meanwhile, he moves closer to his fate. He is like a Beckett character, having no control over his situation and yet mysteriously getting somewhere even as he doesn't move. He is also like a person in therapy. Why do I keep coming, people ask, since change is usually not obvious and dramatic. You sit there week after week like a Chinese jar, imperceptibly in motion. In the dark place, you may ask the basic questions. Who are you? What is this world? What kind of family do you come from? What are your origins, your early experiences? Deep down, what do you want? What do you fear? In the belly of the whale, you are given the chance to start over. The sunfish rises once again in the east. You get another morning in your life. In the biblical story, Jonah, sitting in the whale, sings a song in praise of the Lord. His words would be familiar to anyone suffering a dark night. Waters choked me to death. The abyss whirled around me. There is only one psalm to sing in the dark night, the song that praises the dark. This is the song John of the Cross sings. The way you speak, the way you live, the ways you express yourself, these are all highly significant in dealing with your dark night. If you sing against the darkness, a tactic few real artists take, You may be in an impasse with it forever. But if you can find some way suited to your talents and temperament to express your situation poetically, you will be singing a psalm to the God who is your ultimate darkness. You don't have to be a trained artist to do this. From your dark night, you can speak with unusual clarity and passion from the depth of your feeling instead of from some habitual, superficial place. Many times I have seen people find a new way of communicating their feelings and thoughts from the darkness. This expression of yourself is essential to the experience and to whatever transformation is possible.
This is an introduction to the dark night of the soul. I hope you've enjoyed this. And I really hope that if you get something out of this, that you will let me know, write a comment, um, maybe a question if you have any questions about it. Um, this is taken from um, Thomas More's Dark Nights of the Soul. He wrote this book. Um, let's see. I should have looked it up before here. In 2004, he wrote this book. Um, and Thomas More himself is one of the profound spiritual writers of our time. In the dark nights of the soul, he delves into the mystery of human suffering. Yeah, this is a great book. Anyway, um, give this episode a like and a share, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Bye for now. Looking for the light, it's a daily fight, and things go bump in the night. The news of the day is outrageous, that's what the mad folks say. Told you that you had sinned. We are divine.